Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome back to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast, and we are staying with our NFL Draft Breakdown. Uh, We will continue our edge rushers, and today we got three great ones. Um, all of which should probably go in the first round, if not the uh, first half of the first round. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, Ja'Kai Polite, and Brian Burns. All of these are, you know, top-end kind of edge guys. And if you missed our previous episode, we went into depth on Nick Bosa and Josh Allen. So this is kind of the next tier. And again, if you want to go back and listen to the previous episode, I I recommend you do so if you haven't already. But I I have Nick Bosa in his own tier. Um, Then I have Josh Allen slightly below him. I still think he goes top 10, probably top 8. A very high draft gate on him. But what we're going to do Today I'm going to break through all of my scouting notes and coaching notes that I have on these players, player comparisons, draft positions, and then I'm going to go through, um, I guess I stole this a little bit from Bill Walsh, a huge Bill Walsh guy where he would create criteria where he would rate each position. So things where he would go through with the scale of 1 to 10 and rate these players. And so I have 10 separate categories, things like speed rush with bend, power slash bull rush, quick first step. So for all three of these guys, I've gone through, I've plugged in all the data, watched way too much film. My wife is starting to get mad at me already, and it's very early in draft season, but it's what it is. So stay with us. That's what we're going to be doing. And we're going to start off with the Clemson National Championship, Cleland Farrell. Now, Even though these three guys that we talk about today are all considered edge guys, um, they do play, they have very different um, strengths and weaknesses. So even though they would play the same position, um, you can't really grade them. It's not the whole apples to apples thing because some of them are smaller guys, um, you know, as far as weight, whatever. But Cleveland is by far the biggest edge um, and that's at all top end, uh, whether you put in Nick Bosa or Josh Allen Polite, Burns, it doesn't matter. He is the largest, unless you consider uh, Richard Gary part of that. But Cleveland Farrell, 6'5", 265. His, what makes him special, he is a powerful edge defender with great anticipation. Um, he understands what's going to go on. His football awareness is off of the charts, and he is amazing. He's not fast, 
but his get off is ideal <laughs> for a for three end because he understands snap counts and how to anticipate and he understands quarterback adjustments and all those things. There's so many times whenever you're watching film, you would see the quarterback call an audible at the player where they look to the sideline to the coaches that you see a lot in uh, college. And as soon as they started talking to offense, you would see Cleland's head whip around and start communicating with the linebackers and adjust what he's going to do because he understands what is coming. Now, very violent hands. I put amazingly violent hands. And what I mean by that is whenever he engages with the offensive blocker, you see the head of the tackle jolt several times. He creates separation with his hands. He's not a speed guy, but he is able to create separation with his hands, which allows him to use his leverage to get to where he wants to go. Um, he creates separation on almost every play with the offensive lineman, and that's run and pass. Um, thicker than the other top edge players, as I said, and is by far the most punishing tackler in this group. Whenever he tackles you, you feel it. He's not a sling you down with his arms because he He's long, which we'll talk about with Brian Burns. He is a I'm going through your soul type of a guy. Um, if he gets a clean sack on the quarterback, um, there's a chance the quarterback's not getting up. So effort and strengths, instincts are elite for a bigger edge guy. Um, you see him going nonstop. He never stops. And whenever I get to my player comparison, I think you guys will kind of understand how I see this guy. Now, his career stats are absolutely incredible. Somebody that's been doing it for three straight years now. Um, he got injured. He tore his ACL his senior year in high school. Um, and so missed his senior year in high school. That kind of carried over into um his his freshman year so he didn't he only got to play in one game towards the end of the season but for three straight years just elite potential um sophomore year six sacks junior year uh 18 sacks and then his oh, sorry he redshirted so his redshirt freshman year six sacks redshirt sophomore year nine and a half sacks redshirt junior year which was 2018 11 and a half sacks 50 and a half career tackles for loss this is who this guy is. He plays in the offense's backfield. He is not a guy that gets driven off the ball ever. You don't ever see that from him. He is a guy that plays. He puts your tackle in the quarterback or the running back's lap. And if you try to run away from him, which most teams try to do, that's okay because he will chase you down. Not because of speed, but because he takes wonderful angles and he doesn't quit. And whenever it's funny, whenever up backs or tight ends try to block him, they just bounce off of him. Like he cannot, he can't get there. Uh, now he hits the quarterback quite often and uh, several of his sacks take place on the second or third counter move, which is very, very special. And again, this is something that separates him from Ja'Kai Polite. He is a guy that never quits, and if his first rough rush move isn't there, he's going to figure out a counter move and keeps getting there. Now, he prefers the speed to bull rush where he gets on the upfield shoulder to try to get the tackle off and then just powers through him. Uh, probably one of the most famous people to do this currently in the NFL is Khalil Mack, whose athleticism is way beyond anything that Cleveland Farrell has. I'm not saying he is Khalil Mack or anything along those lines, but that's kind of what Khalil Mack can do because he's so strong and so fast. He gets to that upfield shoulder, then uses his hand leverage through the chest or shoulder of the offensive tackle and just pushes him straight into the quarterback. And again, Cleland Farrell is the strongest, most powerful bull rusher uh, off the edge in this entire draft class. He never quits. Uh, now, 
moving on there, he does lack elite speed and bend. He doesn't have that, which is the number one criteria you're looking for whenever you're doing these edge rushers. Again, that was the exact same thing Bill Walsh even said, where uh, speed and bend off the edge is huge. But elite production is still there because of the power, effort, and instincts. Uh, he was a military kid, went to a military school, um, and youngest of nine kids, this kid has his stuff in order. If you are worried about off the field or lack of passion, you don't have to do that with Cleveland Farrell. He is, I have him closer to the Josh Allen tier than I do these next guys tier. So I have Nick Bosa by himself, then I have Josh Allen and Cleveland Farrell in that order in that second tier pass rush. I think all three of those will go top 10, um, possibly top eight, possibly top five, to be honest with you. I love Cleveland Farrell. And again, his numbers are awesome. He's got five passes defensed. He forced five fumbles in his career. He's a guy that is always around the ball and just everybody loved this kid. Uh, ACC Defensive Player of the Year, Consensus All-American, Ted Hendricks Award. Like It is there for him. And whenever you you look at what this Clemson defense did to Alabama and throughout the whole year he was the leader of the defense like he was the guy and if you go back and you watch that national championship he put a top 10 tackle in Jonah Williams on his butt like he is strong so my player comparison for Cleveland Farrell is Justin Smith clone. Um, if you go back to watching Justin F Smith film coming out of Missouri, he was drafted by Cincinnati, then moved over to the 49ers where he had you know, finished off a great career. He is just a guy that will grade out positive on almost every play. Run game, check. Uh, coverage skills, all right. Pass game, incredible. So if we look at, let's go through my criteria real quick for Farrell before we move on to Polite. Okay, these are the 10 categories, 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. So here we go. Speed rush with a bit. And these are in order of importance for the things you scout for an edge guy. Um, so speed rush with a bend, he gets a 6. It's probably his lowest category. Okay, Power bull rush, an, a 9. <laughs> almost a perfect 10. Quick first step is an 8, even though he's not a speed guy. He is always out and ahead of everybody else on the defensive line. Play recognition, 9. Effort motor, perfect 10. Times on the ground, this is times he gets knocked down. He's at about a 5. It happens sometimes because whenever he bull rushes, he gets his leverage out over his feet, and sometimes he kind of goes over the tackle. So that's not one of his best categories. Punishing tackler, perfect 10. Hands used to create separation, 9. Run game, he is a 9. He is amazing, and whether it's outside, inside power run game, doesn't matter. He is great at all of it. Coverage skills, a 2. So those are kind of the way that you go through and you evaluate this guy and you kind of see what he has done and what he will do. I absolutely love this kid. So let's jump over to our number two guy, um, Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida, six foot two, 242. Now, after we get out of Farrell, we are starting to get into quote-unquote project players. And what I mean by that is they're not uh, polished and they're not complete. They're not offering the complete package. So it, I love Ja'Kai Polite. I think that he is a great player, but whenever you look at a 6'2 edge player, 242 pounds, he might be the shortest and one of the lightest edge players in this entire draft, but he's still going to be going in that first round. So, but you've got to understand if you're looking for this guy to be a power player in a run game on first down, it's not going to happen. It's not who he is. He's just too small and it's not his game. Um, he disappears so much in the running game. But let's talk about the good things. 
Ja'Kai Polite, pure and simple, speed and twitch off the edge. If you are a, a defense that just lacks that edge pressure, like the 49ers, um, or uh, you, you're you're missing something like that, Ja'Kai Polite is awesome. Now the problem is because he's powerful and not he's smaller and not powerful at the point of attacking the run game. He's probably only going to be a two down player at most his first year in the NFL. He's going to have to either get bigger or you just have to say, look. This is a guy that comes in in pass rushing situations only, and we're just going to leave it at that. Think back to Alden Smith his first year. Even though they have different makeup as far as physical features and the way they play, it's going to take a defensive coordinator to understand this guy's not going to be anchoring our outside leverage on first and 10 against the New England Patriots when they come out in 22 personnel or 12 personnel. He's not your guy. So it, he is going to be a guy that's going to come in, and I think he could easily get into double-digit sacks, but his snap count's going to be around 40 to 50% for the defense um, as a year total. He's not a complete player yet. So um, now here we go. Disappear several times throughout the game. Um, if you have a speed or a long offensive tackle, you don't see Ja'Kai Polite show up. Um, he'll bring his speed rush, which my biggest critique of him is he really only has one pass rush move and that is pure speed off the edge and if you are long enough or you have a great kick slide uh, as an offensive tackle then you're he's basically going to be a non-factor almost the entire game so he is a guy that is going to have to add to his pass rush repertoire even though he's probably the best speed rusher in this entire uh, i put josh allen ahead of him but josh allen's very very special jakai polite is insane when it comes to this idea but his best fit is not in a 4-3. If you run a 3-4 and you want a stand-up player on the outside, which is what he did mostly at Florida, then I think that's his best fit. Most of the teams picking at the top of the draft, they're running a 4-3, and they all need edge rushers. So I guarantee you those top three to four teams in the draft that are looking for an edge rusher, they have a giant asterisk by this guy's name. He is great, but not ideal. And so you're taking a player out of his kind of what he's known, what he's done, and you're hoping he will translate to be able to put his hand down in the ground. Now, his stance I have a lot of problems with. He takes a lot of fast false steps. So uh, when the ball is snapped, he'll be ready to go, kind of like he's going out of the blocks uh, in a track meet, but he'll step behind him and then take off. Now, he's so fast and so twitched up, that he makes up for that a lot of times. But there were several times throughout a game where you'd watch him and you'd be like, oh, man, like he's negating his own speed because his stance is, is awful. <laughs> so maybe he can fix that if he does put his hand in his ground. I don't know. But, again, you, you can hear in the way I'm talking about this guy that it, there's lots of quote-unquote question marks of, well, he probably can, but we haven't seen it yet. So – he looks like a pinball player out there. Whenever old linemen hit him, he bounces off. There is no power uh, bull rush. He has zero. He just doesn't do it. Uh, maybe a spin move or a bounce off and try to take another angle. And you'll see him several times five to six yards behind the quarterback because he'll try to do that edge, and then the lineman will just punch him, and he just flies away. So, um, but the thing is this, his speed and effort are just insane. Uh, yes, his film does get boring a lot of times. And again, if the old lineman gets their hands on him, it's over. But uh, the, the guy is unreal. And the one of the strengths of his game is he led the NCAA in forced fumbles. 
because he's that sneaky. If you hold the quarter, the ball long, he comes off of the blind side, most of the time defensive right, offensive left. If, if you hold that ball a long time as a quarterback, he's going to come behind you and he strips sacks. That's what he does. He's not a punishing tackler. He's a swipe down with his arms and sling the quarterback down, and it's very, very effective. He had six forced fumbles this year, eight on his career. Again, led the entire country. If we look at sacks, again, he's a one-year production player. He had 11 sacks this year, only two his sophomore year and only two his freshman year. So you're saying somebody that, you know, he showed up one year, and that's great, but he's only been a full-year starter for one year. And even in that, he wasn't playing a lot of the snaps. So his his sophomore year, he only played seven games. Freshman year, nine games. Uh, this year, he played the full slate. He did have 19 and a half tackles for loss, which is incredible. So if I look at my player comparison for who Ja'Kai Polite is, it's D Ford who had a great year and is about to get paid a lot of money, probably going to get franchise tagged with the Chiefs, but without the power. So he's D Ford speed off the edge, but without the power. And if we go back to what D Ford was coming out of Auburn, you know, I was pretty high on this player, but again, it was a lot of the same critiques. He is a guy that his rookie year is going to be a learning year. So you've got to lose a lot of those expectations of a guy that's going to come in and have, you know, 12, 13 sacks his his, his year, I I don't know. I, I just don't know. So D Ford without the power, I think I have a late first round grade on him. I think that Polite will probably go around 16, uh, that middle of the first round, just because of the need of the position. But again, he's not a guy that I'm super high on. If the 49ers trade back, I'd love to have him. Obviously, I think that he could instantly improve our entire defensive play, but not on first down and only in pass rushing situations. So so here we go. Let's go through the criteria. Uh, the Bill Walsh grading scale with some extra ones. Speed rush with a bend. I have him as an eight. The, the only reason why I only have him as an eight is because he takes a false step takes a while getting out, and the offensive line know it's coming every time. So um, his effectiveness is kind of it, – it's it slowed down a lot there because they know exactly what he's going to do every time. Power rush, bull rush is a one. It's non-existent. Now, there are some times in the run game where he will kind of get behind his pads and hit somebody – but you never see it in the pass rush against a big offensive tackle or offensive guard. Quick first step, I have him as a seven. Again, that false step hurts him there. A, a good coaching can get that corrected, but again, I hate going into evaluation saying, yeah, well, we can fix that. Like, I, I'm not coaching the kid, so I, I don't know. I have him as a seven there. Play recognition's a six, nothing special. Effort motor, absolute 10. When he is out there, Head on fire. He's making tackles 30 yards downfield, opposite side. He never stops. And that's something you can't coach. Absolutely love the speed plus the effort. Times on the ground three, he gets knocked down quite a bit. Uh, he gets lifted off the ground quite a bit again, just being so light. Punishing tackler two, he is not a guy that's going to hit you. Uh, his biggest hits were kind of like on wide receiver screens or going against small running backs. Like you never see him destroy a quarterback. Hand separation, hand use, one. Some of the worst hands I've ever seen. Um, and for a small guy, that makes it rough because – 
I, I, he's got to get that fixed, and that that's something that's very hard to teach. Run game is a three. He disappears, and there's times in film where he literally is engulfed by the bigger offensive tackles. Covered skills are a five. So th- that's my breakdown of polite. And before we get into Brian Burns, um, our last of the episode today, I want to take a chance and just thank our sponsor, Holy Freaking Cow, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. These guys are unreal, and if you have not already, they have given us an autographed, authentic Roger Craig jersey to give away. Very, very simple. It's my pinned tweet. All you got to do is go to my Twitter handle, at JL underscore Chapman. Retweet that and subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you guys haven't already, um, I put so many videos where I go over what I'm seeing. So uh, these times where I say, oh, that's poor hand usage, I'll put the clip on there and I'll cover that with my mouse and show you what he should do as opposed to what he shouldn't do. And those are up on YouTube. So uh, to find my YouTube channel, just search John Chapman, J-O-H-N Chapman. Then under filter, whenever you click that, go to channels and you'll see mine. I'm the goofball with the sunglasses on. It's my profile pic on there. So subscribe to my YouTube channel, retweet that, and you are automatically entered for a free autograph. The very first running back in the history of the NFL to have a thousand yards receiving, a thousand yards rushing in the first season. Did it before Marshall Falk. There's only been two all, all time. Um, so go do that. And compliments to game day sports and memorabilia. You have any memorabilia needs whatsoever, birthdays, anything like that, uh, graduation, head over there. They have everything. It doesn't matter if you're a Niners fan, hockey fan, basketball fan. They got it all. So just want to say thanks again to game day sports and memorabilia. Now, our last player that we're going to break down today is Brian Burns, 6'5", 235 out of Florida State. This guy is, he's a hybrid. Um, he doesn't make sense. Being 6'5 and 235, I'm very curious to see what he's going to come in at the combine because he might be less than that. I, I really do. He is a long three-down player, perfect fit for a 4'3". He is just super, super long, and you see it in the run game, in the pass game, when he engages with blockers. Like he is just long and tall, and I mean, he just—you just see him, and his arms are. I can't wait to see his wingspan because when he's standing up, he reminds me a little bit of Tremaine Edmonds uh, last year. Who I man, off the top of my head, I could be wrong. I think he had like a 77-inch wingspan. Like he had inches four arms longer than LeBron James. That's Brian Burns. This dude is an eagle (laughs) whenever his arms are out. So uh, you're getting a long edge player. Now, there are some major areas of concern. And Brian Burns, I got a lot of flack on Twitter, man. And I love it when people hate what I say and tell me I'm an idiot. I love those things. Because Brian Burns is a highlight reel special, but his game film does not match his highlights. Um, Yeah, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Watching somebody's highlights is like reading a dating profile that they put together themselves. Oh, like long walks on the beach and I love traveling. Of course, whatever. But whenever you watch game film as opposed to highlights, that's like talking to the ex. You get all the dirty and all the bad. You get to see some of the good, but it's, it's off and on. And this is a big reason why, let's jump out for a second, Brian Burns talk, why I love Nick Bosa so much. There is no difference between his highlights and his game film. Every single play is a positive. It doesn't matter if it's in the run game. It's just every single play looks the same. You know, Pro Football Focus released their highest grades ever for a defense, a defensive player. 
in the past six years, the highest graded season of all time is Nick Bosa in 2017. I know he only played four games this year or three games this year before he got hurt, but he is just so consistent. Now, once we get into these second-tier guys outside of Cleveland Farrell, there's lots of question marks. Now, Brian Burns, his highlights, he shows that he has great hands and he can bend. He has shown that, and it looks awesome when you watch the highlights. However... If you go back and watch the game film, this kid disappears and several different times runs into the offensive tackle with his hands down at his waist and doesn't even put his hands on there, and he'll just give up on the play on a bend. Now, what's, what's unique about Brian Burns, however, is he plays with a lot of effort, but he will take himself out of the pass rush by running behind the quarterback by four to five yards and just not try to bend into the tackle. Yes, the highlights show that he can do it. Game film shows another story where nine out of ten times this guy is fine running behind the quarterback, which you just is just a waste. So um, he lacks his first uh, step and top end speed are okay. Uh, it's not great, but his motor and effort helps him make plays downfield on the regular. It's almost like he plays like a linebacker a lot of time. He understands pursuit angles very, very well. Um, again, it does not use his length well as he plays under his pads. And what I mean by that is whenever he engages, let's say it's at the point of attack and it's just a power run play right at him, he extends his arms out in front of his chest and his body is under his pads. That is not good because you're just basically using bench press move. Now, Cleland Farrell, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, Josh Allen, these guys, they extend their arms out almost above their shoulders, and their shoulders and pads are behind their arms. Instead of standing upright, they're basically down almost in a power clean position, which is what you teach as a football coach. That's where your leverage is. Burns is a look and watch guy. So he creates separation with his arms and kind of looks into the backfield to figure out what he wants to do. He's a long player that wants to kind of sling blockers out of the way instead of going through them um, and, and so that's going to be something that's going to be rough now he never gets pushed back by offensive linemen um, and he jukes them a lot of times his favorite stunt and pass rush move is kind of like a swim move to the inside which it seemed like he had a two-way go on almost every play at Florida State. They had a pretty athletic uh, linebackers that could flow side to side pretty well so uh, their scheme allowed him to do that can't do that in the NFL, especially in FC West, you know, going against Russell Wilson. You do that one time, he's outside the pocket, you're in trouble. So something he's going to have to fix. Now, his play speed is very low. It a lot of This happens a lot with long players where they don't look like Ja'Kai Polite, you know, who's four inches shorter than Brian Burns just flying down the field. But uh, his play speed's slow. His effort's high. But he's not one of those guys that's going to run a great 40. I'm going to see him kind of a 4.8, 4.7 range. And again, that bend on the edge is beyond inconsistent. So my player comparison for him is a more consistent Arden Key. Uh, going back to LSU, uh, you know, he got drafted by the Raiders. He had a somewhat of a rocky first year, but got some splash plays. So he's a more consistent Arden Key. And if we have a great coaching staff, this guy's ceiling is very, very high. But I'm telling you right now, his floor is pretty damn low. Um, worst case... I don't I don't want to say that I have a second round grade on him an early second round grade he's going to go 
in the first 16 picks. He's going to. Because some coach is going to see, man, not only does he have the length and is the perfect prototype of somebody we want manning a 4-3 edge, but we've seen what he can do. He doesn't do it consistently, but some coach is going to say, I can make this kid do what I want. And so some coach is going to convince himself to take this guy early. And I could see him going before Ja'Kai Polite. I would not just because the, I don't want to say bust, but there's a chance that this kid will not make it in the NFL um, because he might, it, it, there's just a strong chance. So th- that's Brian Burns. You know, his production, actually not too, too bad. Um, if you look at what he did at Florida State, again, this is another guy coming out after his junior year, true junior year. Um, sacks, he had eight and a half sacks as a true freshman. Then he dipped down quite a bit, four and a half sacks as a sophomore. And then last year had 10 sacks. So he doesn't have elite potential, but it, it, 15 and a half sacks tackle for loss. Again, you can kind of see, man, he, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of tackles. Okay. He's got 123 total tackles, but those are effort. And he's kind of, he's a guy that's always around the pile and he's going to stick his nose in what you love, but he's not the type of guy that's going to be getting a lot of solo run stops. One thing that I loved about him on film is they teams would try to key him on the zone read. He would destroy the mess out of that every time because he's so long. He'd literally stick one arm out and grab the running back at the mesh point and one arm out and grab the quarterback several times. Like he is long. So he's, he's, he's one of those guys that if you, leave him unaccounted for he'll make you pay but he's not going to drive through a offensive lineman to force a major play on the back end so let's look real quick let's go through our criteria and how i graded him all right so this is brian burns in our 10 category so speed rush with a bend i have him at a seven because man he can do it it's just inconsistent and if you draft this guy you are betting we can get this out of him more consistently Power bull rush is a four. He almost never goes to that. And um, if if uh, lineman oversets instead of driving through him, he's going to dip inside that B gap, basically go between that inside gap between the tackle and the guard, which he's not going to be able to do in the NFL unless it's called blitz and he's got outside replacement help. But anyway, quick first steps, five, not too bad. He's kind of slow getting out of his step. Uh, out of his stance, just average. Play recognition, five. Um, besides the zone read, you're not going to see much of him just knowing what's coming. Effort motor is an eight. I wish his speed was a little bit more, but he does uh, try very, very hard. Times on the ground is an eight. He doesn't fall down very much. He's very long. Uh, you'll see him try to cut block or take his knees out or roll block. And, I mean, his his arms are so long, they're almost touching the ground. So he, he gets his hands on them perfectly there. Punishing tackler four. He's a sling down wrap-up tackler. He doesn't drive through with his feet. Um, it's called a gator tackle now in the NFL where you wrap around their waist and sling behind him he does that consistently hand use five uh, should be a 10 he, he has exactly how you draw it but he, he doesn't use them all the time very consistent run game seven uh, really really good especially on backside pursuit understands pursuit angles well coverage is a four you don't see him do this at florida state but that length and athleticism at his size he's one of those space zone eaters where He's going to get his hands on some tipped balls at some point in his life. Uh, he had seven passes defensed uh, where he deflected in his career. You'd kind of see them where they don't 
block him off the edge and try to just do a real quick screen to the wide receiver out. He's so long, he can almost get his hands on that every time. So, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. Again, um, you know, that's the breakdown of Cleveland Farrell, Ja'Kai Polite, and Brian Birds. I'm going to do one more episode on edge rushers, and it's going to be, man, turning into a 49ers favorite after that senior bowl practice week. Montez Sweat, Jalen Ferguson, and Rashawn Gary. So stay tuned, and if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe, rate, and review. Helps us out a lot, and... Head over to Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. Retweet that tweet so you can get a free Roger Craig jersey. And head over to YouTube. Type in John Chapman so you can see some of the film breakdowns I do so that you are not left behind on that. Thanks, guys. Stay strong. Faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.